Roach, Roach Coach. Podcast. Hot all day, every It's the Roach Coach. Podcast. All day, all day, every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with you, back for another episode of The Coach. And of course, this week we're talking about who's tweeting. Who's tweeting? Who is That's right. We're going to go over your feedback, your ideas, your recommendations, all of that, and to get us started, we got we got some action going on in those DMs. Sliding up in. Who is in there? Josiah Russell sent us over an article called 10 Bands Who Wouldn't Be Here Without Corn." Ooh. La- ladies and gentlemen, if that ain't an article written just for this show, I don't know what is. <laughs> So this was over on Kerrang.com. Love me some Kerrang. Jenny, this list. Let's let's just run it down. Let's just run oh. it down. All right. We got Limp Biscuit, Disturbed, Skrillex, Soulfly, Of Mice and Men, Immure, Betraying the Martyrs, Poppy, Tala, and Tetrarch. Seems pretty accurate to me. I feel like without corn, you ain't got any of those guys. Now, the only one that I'd never heard of was Betraying the Martyrs. That one, brand new to me. Never heard of them. Jenny? No clue. Okay. Yeah, their little blurb here says uh, their guitarist, Baptiste said that Follow the Leader was very special to him. Influenced me a lot, since this is the album that started everything for me. Got me into metal, got me into playing music, and pretty much made me the musician I am today. There you go. There you go. Matt, thoughts on this list of bands? The change or the left turn for Poppy, I guess, tracks? I did, at first, I would never think, like, without corn, there wouldn't be a Poppy. I'm like, well... There wouldn't be like the current incarnation of Poppy, I guess. I have to say this, and I'm sorry, Poppy Corn. <laughs> well, then, please I, continue, Matt. I nope, had to get I, that out. It was really important. I believe that my argument is now moot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I agree with you, and I don't know. It was a, it was an intrusive thought. That I had to get out of my brain. Well, you know, the funny part is that they're missing an opportunity for poppy corn. Well, you know, I'm, I'm very curious because, I mean, most of these bands, I've heard them. I've heard a song. But Betraying the Martyrs, I'm curious to see if I can, if we can hear a little bit of this corn influence. And we didn't plan this one beforehand. So, Matt, I know you have to look for this. Can you look for the song? The link they have here, it's Betraying the Martyrs. The song is called... The Resilient. Sure. I will find that. Betraying the Martyrs, The Resilient. It's from their 2017 album of the same name. This is Betraying the Martyrs with The Resilient. 
Okay, so first, I love it. Second, um, <laughs> is that sarcastic, Lauren? Yeah, I, I didn't really love that. I didn't love that. The oh, strings okay. up top gave me major Christmas music vibes. Um, <laughs> thankfully, they went away. Then we got very genty. Um, vocally, I was like, I don't like this vocal. Oh, I do like this vocal. Oh, I don't like this vocal again. So I was on a real whirlwind trip with those vocals. Not really my thing. Not the worst thing I've ever heard, but not really my thing. What do you think, Jenny? I wasn't really listening to it to see if I liked it. I was listening to it to see if I could hear corn. I thought it was fine. I, I did definitely didn't hear corn in there, but I think uh, my understanding of the intent of this article is just to, to show corn's influence and in getting people into music. And some of it where it comes through in the music itself. I I didn't hear it there. Matt? I didn't hear it for sure. Um, you know, that would be like anybody who has an ounce of chug and, a, you know, an ounce of like, you know, what? You know, here's the thing. I feel like the guitars only had six strings. <sighs> Matt? Are you saying that a seventh string might be a key part in creating Korn's signature sound and that without it, a band can only be less than? Dare I say. But yes, exactly that. I mean, that is a thought I've had when listening to other bands and noticing their lack of strings. Mm. Is that the thought, it really does then place place music into two categories if you think about it corn and not corn hmm. maybe so, we've been wasting our time with this new metal ca- panel <laughs> yeah what did i mean further to go even further like categorization at all like maybe everything in the world is just corn or not corn yeah really you know when you break it down to it, it's like yeah. Is it corn or is it not corn? You what know? does your birth certificate say? <laughs> corn or not corn? Yeah. But let's see it. Phylums, yeah. everything. It's all a mistake. <laughs> uh, well, uh, either way, thank you very much, Josiah, for sending over this list. We love a list. Very much appreciate it. Uh, we also got alerted, and I don't remember who it was who sent this over to us, and I apologize, but we were sent over an article from Loudwire, and of course it's also corn related It is an interview with Brian Head Welch, and he talks about why corn do not like encores, but they still play them. So if Head, we were categorizing yeah. this, yes. this mm-hmm. would be corn. This Just is corn. In yeah. case yeah, anybody's is... still trying to wrap their head around this new <laughs> this, is categorization. <laughs> this, new, yeah. this is new rating scale categorization. Yeah, yeah. So this is corn. This is corn. <laughs> yes. So Head was on the Bringing It Backwards podcast, and he said that they've never been an encore band. 
And he says, we would debate about it, saying, it's cheesy, man. It's so cheesy. They want it so bad. But we don't do encores. We would tell people in the press, we don't do encores. We gave it our all, and then we're done. He says, but then the fans started getting mad, especially fans in different countries. They're like, it's disrespectful if you don't come back out. So we had to do it. He said, part of the band's mindset comes to the fact that the encore is now fully expected by concert audiences rather than fans screaming and cheering for more. And had said, to this day, we don't really love it because everybody expects it and they don't really cheer for it now. They're just like, okay, you want to be done? And then the crowd is de- de- the demands for you to come back out with applause. That's what the encores were meant for. But it's all gone to shit now. And this is an interesting point he makes here because the encore at a lot of shows pretty much obligatory people are not always like give me more music give me more music it's just more like they're gonna come back don't worry about it they're gonna come back. yeah oh they haven't played blind yet yeah they haven't yeah exactly they haven't played freak on a leash yet um they list here also the Corn's last show that they played was on March 1st, 2020 in Fresno, where they did a co-headlining run with Breaking Benjamin. And per setlist.fm, the four-song encore was For You, Twist, Coming Undone with a snippet of Queens We Will Rock You, and Falling Away From Me. That's a solid encore. Yeah. Some surprises in there. You know... Jenny, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the encore? I'm not an encore person. I think I agree with Head. Do the set you want to do. Give it your all. Say, see ya. And then go. Like, I don't, I don't think, I think if you are going to do an encore, it should be because the crowd is losing it so much that you're just like, fine, we got to go back out there. But in general... I don't think we need an encore. Like, I, there have been a lot of shows that I've been to where I'm like, all right, we're good here. And it's like, oh, we got to wait for the encore. And I'm like. Do we? <sighs> long sigh. Like, all right, we'll wait for the encore. <laughs> um, just do the thing. Do the thing. But I'm no fun. What do you guys think? Well, having experienced you jenny in your prime i'm not here for an encore vibe it is very funny to see because when the encore does happen and i've made jenny stay there's the vibe of you better fucking impress me and i've seen jenny both be impressed and be depressed are you thinking of local age i'm thinking of local age (laughs) that was the one where you were not thrilled you were like (laughs) We need to go. This is no, I'm not having this. And then the surprise one for you was head PE. Yes. The head PE encore surprised you because that dude went into eruption and fucking nailed it. That was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. So, yeah, I can attest. Matt, encores. I'm always pro a well deserved encore. I always feel like most encores that you get, the expected encore, is just a bathroom break. It's just a, 
Hey, we're gonna do the. F- we're probably gonna do the songs that we need to be the most concentrated on. So uh, let's have a quick bathroom break. Make sure everybody's good. Go back out there and uh, rip the lid off this one more time. Like it would be the natural out of ninety percent of set lists is what they play. Now, there are times where, as an audience member, you don't get the encore, and you're like, those motherfuckers, <laughs> how dare you? But uh, did you watch, I know because we mentioned it on uh, a Who's Tweeting episode earlier, um, the story of Last Resort. Yes. Well, before that, there was the story of Shaggy's It Wasn't Me. Oh, and I did I, not watch And this. the newest one is Cisco's Thong Song. Oh, definitely going to need to watch that. You have to watch all of these. Because, um, number one, uh, Cisco lost most of his publishing because he did not clear the interpolation of Living La Vida Loca. I just read about that. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. But when Shaggy hit... He hit in Hawaii, and everybody who went to Hawaii heard like a downloaded from Napster version of "It Wasn't Me," and they all came back stateside. And or um, I mean, yes, Hawaii's the the mainland. I guess I don't I forget what Hawaiians called the continental United States. Scum, um, scum, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> the ruiners of Earth. Yeah. Um, the money pockets that come here and and, yeah. and ruin this place, but also pay for things. Um, that sounded even worse. Um, anyway, <laughs> when the song finally hit, it hit in like a small town, like in terms of market. Um, so let's just imagine it was Fargo. When they finally played Fargo, the whole town shut down. Because people were so excited that Shaggy was there. Meanwhile, the record company gave the the record no push. Didn't want It Wasn't Me on the record. Everything was going against them. This was truly a tour of fulfilling contractual obligations. The thing is sold out. They play It Wasn't Me. Guess how many times? Ooh. Oh, man. Um, I'm gonna, we'll do Prices Ritual. I'm going to say they did it. Five times. Jenny? Ten times. Four. They played it four times. But all of, anything more than once. Twice, twice if it's like I'm seeing a band, like I saw the creation and Making Time was what they, you know, what they put on the Rushmore soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And they played Making Time twice. That's like a nostalgia band playing the one song you're there to see. And they played that twice. But for any modern act to play their song more than once is insane. Four times. That's a lot of times. I was hoping it went like completely unhinged and just <laughs> kept going. <laughs> like well, yeah. Every every other song they tried to do, and everybody was like, "Play it wasn't me again." <laughs> I could see it. I mean, the thing though is that when you've got a song and it's hitting hard. You can get away with it because I, you know, I saw Jay Z, Kanye watch the throne, and they did Paris. 
when I saw him, I want to say they did it six times, five or six times. And every time they played it, the reaction was more hyped than the last time. And when they played it like the last time, it was like a frenzy. But did they play the whole thing or just like the core? Yeah. Yes. The whole thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because we're all wanting to rap along. Yeah. Literally, my buddy, my buddy went to that show, and I remember he would just come up to me at work and go again, because that was what they would say. They would go again, and then they drop that beat, did it, did it, and everyone would go, yeah, ballistic, insane. Yeah, I can see it though. I can see it. So, Mm. I mean, I guess it's you know, er, but let me tell you, it was a fever pitch. I don't even know if that was necessarily an encore, just the end of the show, because I'm thinking about certain bands that I don't ever see doing an encore. Like, I don't really see like. Nine Inch Nails doing an encore. I feel like they just sort of run the show and then they close with Hurt and that's and then it's like a bunch of noise and you go home. You know, and then there's bands that sort of work a break in, you know. Uh, right, and that's what it always feels like with like a Springsteen or a, oh, Stevie Wonder. Like, he doesn't necessarily give you an encore. He kind of gives you a second show. <laughs> like, he just played for an hour and a half and it's like, all right, well... All right, he'll come back for an encore and then plays another hour and a half. It's Stevie, baby. What are you going to say? No to that? Can't say no to that. He wrote yes. songs in Key of Life. There it is. There it is. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, I, uh, you know, it really is a case-by-case basis for me because sometimes I'm like, if they haven't played a song, then I'm expecting them to play it. I'm hoping they play it. But sometimes there's that feeling where you're just like, how long's the drive home? What's that parking lot going to be like? We could get out of here. <laughs> I have at an amphitheater left and got out. So I was closer to the my car when I knew they were coming back. Like, oh, yeah. you know, Radiohead left the stage. We looked at each other and we're like, we've we drove down because this was when they wouldn't play Michigan. Mm-hmm. So we already had to drive back. So we were like, all right, let's go. And uh, and then I hear a uh, talk show host. And I'm like, let's keep walking. Get to the car. Hear the song finish. That's the end of the show. All right, let's go. And we beat all the traffic. There you go. It's a true victory. It is. I mean, I think we did something similar, Jenny, at Corn uh, uh, Rob Zombie. Because Rob Zombie went second. And so we were just sort of like biding our time of like, well, do we want to leave just yet? Oh, he's got stilt walkers. We can wait a little bit longer. Okay. I definitely think we've had our fill. Yeah. That was an easy one to leave for me. It was great. Don't get me wrong. Dude can put on a show. But, yeah, I mean, crowds, man. <sighs> crowds, man. Yeah. So, you know what? Do what you got to do. And I say that, you know what? Here's the thing. When this pandemic is over, baby. We get I'm those staying bands. for all of the encores. We, listen, you're gonna, you, people are going to be ready. They're going to be chanting. They are going to be chanting. Don't you worry, Head. Also, we got a DM from our good friend over at Mosher Mags. They sent over a post from Disturbed's official Instagram. And it was a picture of a set list. And it said, what would be your dream disturbed set list? 
leave yours in the comments, hashtag disturbed memories. And the comment that Mosher Mags left and tagged us in was that they'd want, and we would want, dropping plates 15 times. Not incorrect. But, I mean, if you were to give us the our dream set list, I mean, where would you, Jenny, where would you place dropping plates in a disturbed dream set list top middle and bottom <laughs> like plates yes so i would say start with dropping plates run through the sickness running order leave dropping plates where it is in that and then at the end one more dropping plates that's what i would say lauren how about you i uh you know what that is the exact same thing i was thinking you know what give us at least uh you know especially knowing now that shaggy did it wasn't me four times in hawaii i don't see any reason why disturbed can't do dropping plates three times so absolutely it's my dream right it's our dream it's our dream we want Exactly. And as long as we get that and we also get the number one enemy song, gotta get that song. I don't remember what it's called, but I it's not called number one enemy. I think it's called enemy. Is it just called yeah, enemy? I believe it's just called <laughs> enemy. <laughs> enemy? Okay. Believe it doesn't tell you which number you have to listen to the song to get the number enemy, but it's called enemy. <laughs> oh, it's okay. called enemy. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And uh you know what? I mean if you're doing I mean, if you're doing the sickness front to back Gonna need to give me some of that Shout 2000. Gonna need to have that. And um, meaning of life. (sighs) That's the dream. That's the dream. (laughs) That's the dream. That's the dream. So uh, thank you, Mosher Mags, for sending that over to us. We also got a DM from, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Arashwalander? I, I I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll probably be like, that's not it, but I think you're talking about me. Uh, and they said, still waiting for reviewing Dark New Day's debut album, 12 Year Silence. The band made some noise back in 2005 with the killer lineup. Thank Dark, you. Yeah, thank you. Dark New Day. Oh, let me just double check the long list and see if these boys are on it. Dark New Day. They are on the long list. I do not have a physical copy of this album. But, I mean, if they're making noise back in 2005, then maybe they should be making some noise for us. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for that one. Uh, We also got a DM from Kevin Lassiter, who said, Just discovered this podcast. Love that you have Joshua Toomey on there. Have you ever heard his old Nashville band 12V Negative Earth? They're on Spotify now. Check them out. Love the show and banter. Thank you, Kevin. I have heard about Josh's band 12V Negative Earth. I have not really listened to them. And, I mean, Josh is a friend of the show. Always welcome back on. Open door policy, as we've talked about in the past. But I've never really dipped into his other band. Jenny, Matt, have you guys ever dipped into Toomey's other band? No. 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 Well, according to Kevin, they're now all on Spotify. So maybe we'll have to convene with Toomey 
see if this is another part of his past he wants to dip into you know <laughs> it's been a while it has it has and it's it's always good to talk to josh and I'm, I'm not familiar i'm not familiar with all of all of his bands so i mean but they're on the old spotify you know it's big time so thank you kevin for recommending that you know what we've also got to talk about who's emailing who's emailing I'll tell you who. It's Nikita. And the subject is best podcast ever. Thank you. I would open that email without an ounce of fear. Uh, Nikita says, hey, Lauren, Jenny, and Matt. Hello from cold Russia. I first checked your podcast in January, and in a month I listened to 75 episodes about records I like or am aware of. And now I'm a road rider for life. It's a strange but amazing journey through the records I loved as a kid. Thank you for the great show and for all the fair and sometimes harsh criticism. Jenny absolutely destroyed cold in those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. Uh, my favorite up is Trust Company. I felt happy when this album got warm reception and laughed out loud at the night train in the night train at your jokes. I think I woke up a few people, but I couldn't help myself. I would recommend a few lesser-known albums for your consideration. Emil Bull's Angel Delivery Service. German new metal album from the thick of it has everything you love, like huge riffs and scratches. It even has a really cool cover of AHA's Take On Me. Mm. Ixilia, Unleashed. Italian new metal band with a female singer. It's like guano apes with balls, well, not literally, and clearer focus on new metal sound. Wish you all the best and can't wait to listen to all the episodes. P.S. After checking your podcast, I'm pretty sure I'm going to start my own new metal podcast in Russian. I'm thinking about it for weeks, and the only thing stopping me right now is coming up with gimmicks. I'm actually not sure if I'm using the right word because it's fucking impossible to beat songmeanings.com and Prowler <laughs> and albums being respectful of our time. Lots of love, Nikita. Nikita, I promise you... You can come up with bits on that par rival with ours. and surpass. You can take song meetings too. I mean, <laughs> held, please. <laughs> that was just a Google that we never let go of. Yeah. Don't doubt yourself. I think that'd be great. Thank you for writing us. Thank you, Nikita. Uh, some great recommendations in there. Exilia, I know that has never been recommended to us before. Immobiles is uh is one that i think was on another list and actually i sought out a few years ago thinking maybe one day uh we would do it on the show so i do have a physical copy of uh angel delivery service and i think at the time when i I sought it out i could not find it on anything so it was like this great unfindable thing i think i got it as an import even and uh and now it is of course on apple music and spotify and everything because because I don't know if you guys know this. Tell me. New Metal is back. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard. Word on the street. Yeah. It's back. So thank thank you so much for that email, Nikita. And, you know, we did an episode. It was actually last year. All about ministry as part of our special Greatest Hits Month. And we all picked a Greatest Hits album to talk about. And we got some feedback about Al and the Boys, and of course that insane book that I read. Daniel Hedger 
said he thought this was such a great idea for a miniseries. Super excited for the other picks. As for ministry, I don't have anything against them, but I guess industrial just isn't my thing outside of Nine Inch Nails. Too many of these songs seem to forget the all-important Ross's rules. Work mm. on your choruses, Al. Mm. Awesome. I think that, that is very valid. <laughs> very valid yeah. critique. Austin Count says, thank you, Uncle Matt, for this wonderful gift. I've been on a big ministry kick lately, so this is perfect. I've actually found myself listening to Filth Pig a lot, and it's pretty underrated. Though I can imagine waiting four years and getting Filth Pig was a huge letdown at the time. It was. It was. Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. K. Fresh. He said, I heard a story that back in the day, anytime Al would hear a DJ playing anything from With Sympathy, he'd go break the record and shoot the DJ $100. That would not surprise me. Yeah. When I first read that, I stopped reading it, shoot the DJ, and I was like, Al! Don't! (laughs) Whoa, Al. Radinsky Minesh says... As many times as you guys have brought up Silverchair, if I don't see that best of episode, then I'm burning this podcast to the fucking ground. This is why we don't give out our physical addresses. <laughs> That's <baby>. right. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm sure we'll revisit some best of, so you can keep your matches for a little while longer. Thank yeah. you for the comment. Thank you. Uh, Jax Lawson says, I know for a fact I read this book, but it was during the weeks leading up to my wedding, and I didn't remember how bananas it was, so I obviously need to read it again. Your descriptions of city clubs sound a whole lot like Ground Zero here in Minneapolis. My husband is an old school goth, and I'm not. But I love going there because the goth club really is the only is the most accepting and safe feeling dance club vibe you can find anywhere. And the regulars have zero tolerance for creepers. I'm glad to hear that it's not just a, a city club phenomenon and that the the safety of a goth club resonates around the good old US of A, perhaps beyond. Uh, Vin D. Baco says, Al Jorgensen and Ministry are badass as fuck. Absolute legends. What can I say? These guys? These guys? Legends. legends. Gareth Davies says, came for the ba with the ba the bang the bang diggy diggies, stayed for the ding ding dong dong ding dong <laughs> dingity dingies. Uh, re... Tea Party, good to know. 89X circa mid-90s sounds like my jam and a cornerstone in the Roach Coach origin story. And then he goes into this. So here we go. Cold open. Young Lauren sits in his bedroom with radio headphones on because 90s listening to 89X patter. Suddenly, a ride cymbal at about 94 BPM. A heavily distorted seven string cuts in intermittently. Zoom to Italian shot of young Lauren's widening eyes. Oh my God, he thinks. Audible narration. This is the greatest thing I've heard in my life. 20 something years from now, I'm going to be whatever it is Lauren does. And in my spare time, I'm going to record a podcast, which is like a radio show you download off the internet. All about music. The music builds. JD roars, are you ready? Smash cut to opening credits. Spoiler alert, first corn album doesn't make it into the canon. <laughs> true, true. 
True, I wish true. you would have known about Amazon <laughs> with the clarity of which you knew that podcast would be a thing. Oh, man. Foresight on that would have been great. Um, and he says, uh, then he says, this was a really interesting app. Whenever you bring a biography to the party, shit gets real. And I'm not sure how Al is still alive. And I'm super dubious on his claim of introducing Lane to heroin. Musically, something about Ministry's tinny, trebly guitar and drum sound just never clicked with me. I'm all about that bass, baby. And yet I have all three Lard albums and maybe Filth Pig. Still, I heard a lot of these songs on radio or at house parties, and this was a big nostalgia trip. Great start to Greatest Hit Miss. Thank you, Gareth. And finally, Stephen Bedford says, one of my all-time fave bands, even with the massive decline in quality after Paul Barker left. By the way, a non-U.S. new metal theme month would rule. I nominate Japan's Mad Capsule Markets, especially the album Digidog Headlock. Yep, I think that's what that's saying. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Stephen. I think we've got. I think we've got more than enough for more than just a month of international new metal bands, and so. I can say coming up fairly soon, we're going to dig into a few of these and uh, we're very excited. Um, We've already started listening to one and I'm very excited. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. ready. So that's coming very soon. Um, And uh, and now it's it's, uh, one of my favorite segments in our Who's Tweeting episodes it's time for Eric Vandals. Vandals can't handles. I can't handle this. <laughs> In which Eric Vandal sent us a list of songs, and he said, "You gotta, you gotta consider these bad boys for the long list." And so we've been working our way through them. Uh, many of these we've never heard of these bands or these songs before. Um, we've done Incense, and we've done Zero Mancer. And now this week, Jenny, what are we doing? This week, we are going to listen to Black Comedy and their song, Favorite Hate Object. Not expecting that chorus. Not expecting that at all. Matt, I want to start with you because you you went through a journey on that song. I did. I did. I I at first I was like, hmm, it's heavy. Got some riffs. Definitely got got that going on. Heavier vocal. I'm like, okay. 
And then that chorus happens, and I'm like, whoa. Whoa. Left turn. Full 90 at 80 miles an hour. Somebody could get hurt. But, Matt, them wheels, they stayed glued to the road. No? You think? What does Jenny think? There we go. What? Why? Why are we? I feel like I'm being brought into something now. You are. You're part of this. You're part of this. Look, I wasn't expecting that either. I don't know. I I wasn't mad at it. That's for sure. I was not expecting that anthemic turn. But you know, I should have seen it coming when I got those that very specific type of boop at the top. I feel like should have indicated to me that we were going to take that kind of turn. Did the wheels stay glued to the road? Did they not? Ah, it was Maybe you know? we add it to the long list and we find out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think I can determine based on such a short snippet, but I would like to hear more. Lauren, okay. what did you think? I mean, I uh, it was interesting is that it reminded me uh, a lot, actually, early on of the Betraying the Martyrs song. But it was like with a tweak. It wasn't, it had the boops, which were not quite Christmassy. So I was good with that. The vocals were harsh, but a more agreeable harsh for me. And then when we hit the chorus, beautiful anthemic, exactly what I'm living for. And so I was like, it it almost felt like a corrective to that other song. Like, this is how you do it right. And it does not sound like Jingle Bell Rock. And I appreciate that 100%. So yeah, I definitely want to put it on the uh, the long list because I definitely want to hear more, and uh, very enjoyable. I have to go on the record to say I don't think the first song we listened to sounded Christmassy. Just in case somebody was like, "Why do they all think it sounds Christmassy?" Right? I, I don't. <laughs> that that is a unique Trans Siberian Orchestra <laughs> ear ear hit for Lauren. Yes, it's it's it's, it's very just me. sensitive to it. It is. It's just me. It's yeah. I don't want that to go on to Jenny and Matt. I'm the only person that thinks that stuff sounds like Christmas music. Um, I mean, I, but I think that because it does. So I mean, that I just want gotta, I <laughs> have sure, to like for establish. Sure. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, that's the only reason I think that. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> uh, Eric, um, you know what? These vandals can't handles. I mean, clearly. You know, we are barely handling it as it is, and uh, but we're holding on. Uh, so thank you for another hot wreck. We are definitely going to add black comedy to the long list, especially the album this is from, Instigator. Classic new metal title. There we go. I love it. And you know what? We always, we're now, we're closing out these episodes with Matt, you're bringing us some new news, a new topic. What do you got for us today, my friend? So last week we did Slipknot, and Corey Taylor, at time of recording, was back in the news for an interview that he did with Kerrang, I want to say, where he was saying, I'm the worst old fogey dude shaking his cane ever, but I don't like most modern rock music. And uh, I had to bring this to had to bring this to the crew because number one, as has been stated, uh, Slipknot might be nerds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. 
it's been said <laughs> by someone. <laughs> so, oh, I'm sorry. It was Cutter's Rock Cast, but I'm getting this uh, from Kerrang. And basically he's saying... You know the band, when it comes to the younger bands, you know the band they're ripping off. They're not even trying to rip off a bunch of bands. They're ripping off one band. But the younger generation picks them up and says, this is our blah, 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 because they're tired of old people telling them that the music that came before them was better. And I don't know who's right, but I know both are wrong because we should be encouraging everything. I hate all new rock for the most part. I hate the artists who failed in one genre and decided to go rock. And I think he knows who he is. (laughs) I mean, we all know who he's talking about there. Who's he talking about? Machine Gun Kelly. Oh. Um, But that's another story. I'm the worst and I hate everything. And people are used to that with me, though. But I also encourage the younger generation to think past the boundaries of what we listen to, listen to, do something that feels fresh. It may not have to sound fresh, but it's got to feel fresh. If it's dead, then people are going to treat it like it's dead, man. Who does it have to feel fresh to, though? That's the hard part, right? Like, if it hits... I don't know. I mean, obviously, he, the modern rock bands that we hear, like, who... Who would be a touchstone modern rock band? I don't think there are any touchstone modern rock bands anymore. I feel, I mean, like, are there are there popular rock bands? I mean, I hear about... The thing, though, is that anytime I've heard about, like, a band that's, like, a rock band that people are into, they're either... They don't have any guitars going on. Right. You know? It's that whole thing of, like, everybody's just not interested. I mean, it's and it's really been the last 10 years... As, you know, people said the sort of like creation of what they call like the Spotify core, like something you can put on in the background. And people have said that basically like distortion, distorted guitars, the whole rock sound does not lend itself to a peaceful ambiance, which no shit. And so there's just this entire generation that's sort of like that's what they're used to. I mean, I know there have been bands that people have said to me like, oh, I love this band. And like somebody's like 10 years you know 10 years younger than me and then i listen to it and i'm like i i don't i don't don't get it and then i talk to some other people who are you know younger than me and and when i ask for like what bands they're into they don't mention a current like when and they say like rock bands they don't mention anyone current they mention bands that are like i don't want to say that were like popular in like 2005 like there's still people it's interesting i mean even doing this show you know, I'm thinking of Caleb reaching out to us, and he was like 16 to 18, and he's like, I'm connecting with new metal. Right. You know, and it's like, well, not, I, yeah. I'm connecting with Bring Me the Horizon or Code Orange, mm-hmm. even though he may, and he may now, but. Right. Well, I think about the fact of like, there are people I I was, you know, I was at a party back when we had parties, um, <laughs> and I want to say like the beginning of 2020, and. I was talking to somebody who was in their early 20s and they were talking about how hype they were for like the return of My Chemical Romance. And I was like doing the math on it. And I was like, My Chemical Romance's heyday, how old were you? Were you like right. 10? Like, I mean, like, I feel like they were already done by the time it would have really meant anything. And then they've been gone for so long. And it's, and I, but the thing is that there wasn't, no one stepped in. 
You know, people talk about that all the time about like why these older bands continue to keep going while somebody like Bruce Springsteen continues to tour. Why why Tom Petty basically toured until he died is because there's no one to take their place because there's no yeah because the bands aren't aren't rocking and uh, because that's been deemed not the thing. I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm in like a circular. But but like there's there's this weird thing going on, right? Where here we are our podcast listening to new metal and all of a sudden we're finding bands or new bands are being brought to us all the time like bands that just put out records one to two years ago and it's like holy new metal's back baby but it isn't 2000 to you know 92 to 2000 and it couldn't be because because we are algorithmically marketed to now that it's just like oh cool this is what you're gonna like the most and everything's metered and everything's i guess i'm old too come on bring the danger back to music i just think it's interesting because i think that when you are younger there is so much that you just don't realize has been done or that you don't realize. Right. Like I, I, we, like you were saying, Matt, we, we discover things that have been around for 20 years and we're very into it all the time. But I mean, I remember being younger and discovering like Leonard Cohen or Joni Mitchell, or like, even like that when I was like a tween teenager was when I really, really dug into like rush. I remember, the first time I heard like a faces record and I was like, that's fucking Rod the bod. Like it was just a totally different vibe. And I just think like there was so much stuff that I listened to that was, that I was super into that was basically a lift of things that were older, but like you don't care you don't realize it. I think most kids don't. And it doesn't matter because it's your relationship with the music and the impact that it has on you. So like, I mean, if Corey Taylor hates Machine Gun Kelly, like who fucking cares? Nerds. Nerds hate nerds, right? Like it's, it's, it's nerd (laughs) And it's also added to the pile, right? It's like everybody fucking hates Machine Gun Kelly until they don't. You know what I mean? Like Right. It's kind of a lame argument at this point. Yeah. I just like, mm-hmm. I, I get it. I get the idea that like, I have 100% been a person who's been like, if I want to see X, then I'll just go listen to Y or watch Y because they did it first and they did it better. But they're... <sighs> The idea that like everything needs to be fresh is so much a pers- like it's it's so much coming from like one perspective. You're coming from your perspective of like what fresh means and I don't think that that's like something to put on a generation of people who are just trying to enjoy things like every other generation before them. Like it's the same fucking argument in perpetuity 
of just like, there's no great blank anymore. It's like, shit doesn't hit you the way it does when you're younger and it's the first time you're hearing it because then you're like, oh, I see the pattern here. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Of course. I get what he's saying though about being grumpy and not liking it. And like, I feel that. But I think you also got to like step back and think about what you're really saying and think about where you are in your life and your perspective and why you feel that way. Cause like, it's cause you old dude. It's cause you're old. <laughs> right. It's cause you're older. Well, I think another thing, and this is something I've seen kind of thrown around every now and again in like Twitter discourse and stuff is about how, um, what is popular in music for young people now carries more cultural weight than it did really when we were younger because i remember feeling like if i wanted to read about or hear about or see like a serious discussion of any of the music that i liked i had to go and find like a specific magazine just about that type of music it was not going to be discussed in the detroit news you know it was not going to be discussed on tv or anything like that and now anything that is the hottest song in the country, the hottest album in the country that is being embraced by young people now is like deemed, well, this must be important. And thus it must be given an extra weight when it's just a popular thing. And somebody really broke it down as they said, can you imagine, and this was kind of a diss, but also at the same time, he's like, could you imagine if we gave the same level of scrutiny that we give these cardi b songs and these taylor swift albums and everything that we that if back in 95 we gave it to 16 stone <laughs> right it, it, it would be stupid it doesn't even make sense like it's it, it was just like honestly a pretty dumb rock album fun album but dumb and but it's like there's this extra fetishization of youth now where it's like we've got to give it extra weight it's extra important what's happening but it's like it might not be it might not be any more important and that's kind of i think part of the also the the angle with Corey taylor here is is also is that he's like if it wasn't given that extra cultural weight of meaning more than just being popular music it probably wouldn't bug him but i'm sure he might have probably seen and i certainly have seen articles about like is Machine Gun Kelly the future of rock? And I'm sure that just makes him just boil inside. People said that about the Killers, too, when they released Sam's Town. They were like, is this the, the next Springsteen? Like, that always happens. And I'm sure yeah. it makes his Didn't blood pan boil. out, though. Didn't pan out, though. It doesn't ever pan out. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, well, I mean, it also helped that Sam's Town is terrible. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. I feel like I'm the only one who remembers these arguments always happening forever as long as I've been alive. Like, I yeah. must have really latched on because, like, every few years, there's some, like, I don't know. Jenny, it's what's happening is that you're putting on the glasses while we all get zapped with the men in black thing. You know, that's what it is. <laughs> you just keep putting the glasses on, and we're all just like, what? What happened? What? <laughs> it's not They're... the same as it was. They're not trying to be can. They are can. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, 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 it, it is. Um, 
and it's weird now at 43 to be listening to jazz for like the first time in my life and actually enjoying it in a way that I never would have in my teens because nobody now I'm like I don't give a shit let me let me hear what jazz is about whereas like when I was a teenager it was like everybody I'm on team Nirvana is that it cool you guys know who I am now cool I'm on team Nirvana awesome I know what you mean Matt I know what you mean um that being said um every motherfucker tries to get me to listen to steely dan kiss my ass <laughs> wow oh boy sorry my cat tapped me when you said that and i was terrified. You, that cat is not happy that you don't no. like dan it's like play and peg play and peg it's accessible listen somebody told me to listen to aja and i listened to it while doing the dishes a couple years ago and i'll never forget it because it was awful one of the worst experiences i love that record can i let me let me tell you something so way back when the election was happening i was doing some phone banking for the michigan democratic party and one of the facts that they gave us about gary peters the senator was his favorite band was steely dan and i asked the person in all sincerity like when is when am i supposed to bring that up (laughs) like in what (laughs) circumstances am i supposed to be like well i understand that you think i'm a bitch and a cuck for calling you but but i hear pretzel logic in the background (laughs) gary peters loves steely dan does that change your mind big dan fan You're right. I am a, a, a total, total libtard cuck. Oh, wow. Big time. Big time. <laughs> However, have you considered? But I also hear the uh, Purdy shuffle from Bernard Purdy on that uh, on that song there. So I know that you're a Dan fan. <laughs> Never did get to use it. But I tell you, every fucking phone call I made, I was two seconds away from just messing around and saying i was like dude take this seriously take this seriously man you signed up for this but it was like painful for me not to be like gary peter's like stealing down and just totally fuck up and just hang up <laughs> yeah that's it i didn't uh, do it but maybe i should have i don't know you could have you could work and said listen i uh you know, I know it's it's a contentious time, but is it more contentious than when Steely Dan won Album of the Year against Eminem and Radiohead and back for two against Nature? Does that make any sense to you? Not really. <laughs> so vote for Gary. <laughs> there we go. See? Oh, man. Hindsight. Hindsight once again, 2020. There it is. Uh, well, Matt, once again... You've you've lit us ablaze with another that was great fun. bit of new news. Thank you so much, and uh, that brings us to the end of another Roach Coach Who's Tweeting episode. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello online, sending us your recs, sending us your thoughts, sending us your opinions and your feedback. We love to hear from you. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Roach Coach, and all of those. Send us an email. Roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, you can also support the show. Head on over to patreon.com slash roachcoachpodcast and become a patron of the show. We greatly appreciate it. And 
until next time, Channing, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.